Good morning or good afternoon everybody and a very, very warm welcome to this afternoon's service here in North Keswick. It's great to have you with us and it's great that we can join together on this gorgeous day to worship our holy God. We're going to begin our worship this afternoon by singing to God's praise in the Scottish, uh, the Sing Psalms version of Psalm 29. You mighty ones give to the Lord as his right, ascribe to the Lord God both glory and might. To the Lord's name due glory and honour accord and beauty of holiness. Worship the Lord. This is a psalm of praise, a psalm that's to be sung joyfully as we praise our God in the words of Psalm 29. You mighty ones give to the Lord as is right. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
together in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious Lord, we give you thanks that you are our God and that you have looked down upon us in mercy this day and provided us the opportunity of gathering in this place to worship, to worship your name, you the holy, holy Lord God who is the creator of all that we see around us. And as we marvel and wonder at the beauty of the creation that is so obvious to us on this beautiful summer's day, we are humbled when we realize that you made us too. You made us, and from the earliest days in the womb we are known to you. And we are humbled as we realize that you know our thoughts, you know our hearts. So I pray, Lord, that as we gather here together this afternoon, that you would unite us with that one common purpose, and that is to honor you and to give you all the glory and the praise of which you alone are worthy. But we come before you as a people who are very needy, needful of your Holy Spirit's presence, the comforter that your Son sent to be with us when he ascended up uh, to heaven to sit at your right hand as our intercessor. We give you thanks for this truth, this truth that is the foundation and the bulwark upon which our faith rests. And we come before you as people with our varying needs and situations, recognizing you as our King, recognizing you as our God. And I pray for every soul gathered here this morning and every home that is represented by somebody here praying that you would uh, minister to us in our own varying situations and circumstances. I lift up to you at this time those who are stressed, those who are anxious, those who are unwell, and those who have other burdens that we may not know of. But Lord, we give you thanks that the Comforter is there to comfort his people. And you have taught us in your word that if we trust that if we believe in the Lord Jesus, you will hear our prayers. And although providence might sometimes be difficult, might sometimes be beyond our can we give you thanks, our Father, that you have the end mapped out from the very beginning. You are the Alpha, you are the Omega. So we commend to you this congregation, as we commend to you every congregation of God's people on this Sabbath day who gather to worship. But I pray for everyone who preaches the word of God this afternoon, that the word would go forth in power, and that the Spirit would imbue the words with uh, power of uh, resuscitation, of encouragement, and of revival. I pray, Lord, that men would lift up their voices to preach the great news of the Lord Jesus, the gospel, the good news that the world is so in need of. But we commend to you also those of our communities, those of our land who do not think of you, who do not even consider themselves and the danger they're in, who have no care for their own souls. Help us not to judge but help us to look upon them in pity and with concern so that we would have within our own hearts that desire to share this good news that you have given to us. Help us to be winsome in the way we live our faith so that people would see Christ in us, so that people would see the love of Christ at work in our own hearts in our own minds, in our own lives, and in the way we interact with one another, 
and in the way we interact with others who do not yet know you. Help us to realize that you have placed us here to be the sharers of this gospel. Help us then to be good at this. For we have one aim, one objective, which is the prime directive of everybody who trusts in the Lord and everybody who has been made and born into this world, and that is to glorify God with the promise of enjoying you forever. We commend to you our land. We pray for those who rule over us in parliaments in Westminster and in Holyrood. We ask, Lord, for wisdom and discernment amongst our uh, lawmakers, amongst our parliamentarians. Be with them. Be close to them, we pray. Teach them to recognize the value of the wisdom of the gospel, the wisdom of Scripture that is there to support and to devise proper laws and uh, governing principles for humanity for this is what the word is the word that leads us that lights our paths so we commend to you our prime minister at this time and our first minister and the other leaders of devolved parliaments be with them and their cabinets help them to be discerning and help them to recognize your place as the god of gods the king of kings Lead us and guide us as a nation, we pray. Help us to support one another, to consider the impact of our own actions, of our own behaviours, and help us to look to you for help and strength and guidance in all things. We commend to you those who are mourning this day, those who are laid aside through illness. We commend to you those who are afraid. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to encourage one another in our gathering together this day. We give you thanks for the opportunity of praising your name. And we ask, Lord, that you'd bless our time together now. As we commend one another to you, as we commit ourselves in our time of worship to you, praying that you would lead us and guide our thoughts. Open our hearts to be made receptive to what your word is saying to us. And challenge our minds so that we would hear what your word is saying. That we would listen to what you are teaching us so that we could take off it and apply it in our day-to-day -day lives. Humble us now, we pray. Forgive us all our sins as we ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Right, I really enjoy coming to North Keswick because I've got some very young friends with me in North Keswick. So I'm going to come to where you are today, so rather than you coming down to the front. So I'm going to come to where the boys and girls are today. Where are you? I'm looking for you now. And I have a verse from the Bible on the screen way back there. And it's from Psalm 13. And it says, I'm going to read it from the book here. It says, Come, come here, my children, gather round. And this is God speaking to you. Because God wants you to know that He cares for you. He cares for you so much that He wants you to be saved and to be happy. And to be his friend. 
Because I glory in the Lord, let troubled souls rejoice. These psalms are full of promise. We can sing praise to God even if we're in difficult circumstances. Even if we're in difficult situations. Troubled souls find solace, find succor, find support in God. Because you are very important to Him. You are so important that Jesus died for you. And as we worship this morning, as we sing this morning, let's consider these words seriously. Together, let us praise the Lord, exalt His name together. When we sing, let's exalt God. I sought the Lord, and the psalmist found that His answer came, and from fears He set Him free. They look to Him and shine with joy. They are not put to shame. This suffering man cried to the Lord, and from him deliverance came. How many of us here are without worries? How many of us here are not anxious at times? How many of us here are in pain? Well, that's the human condition. But let's look to God, the answerer of prayers, who will give us relief. And let's sing these words of Psalm 34 to God's praise with faith in our hearts. At all times I will bless the Lord.
Now if you turn with me please, if you have Bibles, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. Where we're speaking of unity in the body, in the church of Christ. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no, must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But as that is not the way you learned Christ, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. 
Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. And may God add his own blessing to that reading of his own holy and inerrant word. Now on the theme of unity we're now going to sing Psalm 122. A psalm that speaks of that time of festival when the people used to walk up and go up to the house of God. Where they sang, I joyed when to the house of God. Go up, they said to me, Jerusalem within thy gates, our feet shall standing be. And we do this to honour God. We do this, we worship because God is forefront in our minds. But God, through the Spirit, is in our hearts. And that's what unites us. That's what united the people of God as they walked up to that temple in Jerusalem. They had God in mind. Therefore I wish that peace may still within thy walls remain, and ever may thy palaces prosperity retain. God demands of us our obedience. But he promises reward. He promises fruit of the Spirit. Now for my friends, now for my brethren's sake, peace be in thee, I'll say. And for the house of God, our Lord, I'll seek thy good alway. And when we think of the house of God, we don't think about buildings. We think about the reputation of God's people. Because God's people... And God's people's hearts are the temple of the Lord. So we think of the good of other believers, brothers and sisters in the Lord, with one view, that the Lord in us is praised. As we lift our hearts to praise God in Psalm 122, the Scottish Psalter version of, I joyed when to the house of God, go up, they said to me.
Now as we consider what this passage in Ephesians chapter 4 says to us, let's commend our time to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that as we consider words that you have shared with us in this passage, that your Holy Spirit would be with each one of us as we consider how these words apply to each of us. Help us to prayerfully consider what you are saying to us. Help us hear, help us to understand, and help us to apply your word so that you might be glorified, so that you would be glorified in our hearts, in our lives, as we seek to share this word with those with whom we come into contact in our day-to-day lives. For we ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Friends, brothers, these are lovely words. We don't want to be with enemies and strangers that we don't know who may be enemies. But the context of that psalm that we've just sung is a context of fellowship. And I want to think this afternoon about the unity that we ought to seek and strive for as God's people. Because as we said when we were uh, considering that passage in Colossians, we looked at the last time how the Spirit is in us. Christ is in us. And Christ and His Spirit that He sent to us is the unifying force that binds us together. And when we consider what Paul was dealing with when he was writing this letter to the Ephesians, with all the challenges that they were facing in the church at Ephesus at this time. A centre of commerce. A buzz about the place. It was a very wealthy place. It was a centre of commerce. Routes, trade routes, east-west. A lot of rich people in this part of the world at this time. When the church was being challenged by false religions. When the church was being challenged by wealth, by affluence. Why are you following the teachings of this man when you could be wealthier and better off doing this? But the Lord is commending us to have unity. Because Paul, prisoner of the Lord, and that doesn't sound very united, being a prisoner. Because he recognised That his mind, his heart, his soul wanted to go elsewhere. Saul of Tarsus wasn't the man that the church of the time would have chosen to be the apostle. Man going the opposite direction of the direction of the church. But this is the man God chose. And this is the man who is committing his whole life to sharing this gospel. And he is encouraging us today as we read this word to be of the same mind as he in sharing this good news with one another. I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And you have all been called to the most amazing calling ever. Those of us who profess Christ have been called out of darkness and we are now in the light. And that's mind-blowing in its own right. 
Because the God of gods, the creator of what we see around us, has taken us out of darkness. Has taken us out of bondage and freed us in a way that the world cannot fathom. Don't be taken in by the wiles and the ways of this world, he says. Let no, uh, do not be deceived by the cunning philosophies of humans. The philosophies that change almost every second generation. So why would we trust and put our uh, hope into the philosophies of mankind? We're supposed to be a united kingdom. This is what geographically Great Britain or the United Kingdom is called. We are a united kingdom. But when you read the newspapers, the last thing we seem to be or appear to be as communities, as a nation, is united. But what the Lord is telling us to consider this morning, and you have to consider in your own mind, in your own heart, how this unity and this principle of unity applies within the friendship, within the fellowship of God's people. Because it's important to God that we are united. With all humility, with all gentleness, and this is the one I struggle with, with all patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because in our generation, sadly, even within the churches, the fellowship of God's people, that unity in that bond of peace isn't as obvious as we would like it to be, or some of us don't feel as if it's there much at all. Well, this is where we can challenge our own mindsets and our own heart sets this afternoon. I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. But I will ensure that I've read this passage this morning and I, with the Spirit's help, will, with all patience, with all gentleness, with all humility, bear with my brothers and sisters to maintain that unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And why do we do that? Because Jesus is telling us there is one body and one Spirit. And the critical nature of that unity cannot be underestimated. We are a congregation gathered together here this afternoon. And we are friends, brothers and sisters. And when we consider what we've just sung, when we consider Psalm 122, now for my friends, for my brethren's sake, peace be in thee, I'll say. I wish you peace. I wish you that encouragement of the Spirit, that unity that the Trinity itself exemplifies. God, three persons in one. The unity that is the Godhead is the model we are aspiring to. Is the model that we will inherit when we join Him 
post-mortem. Because this beautiful for today might be is not everlasting and our ultimate end or our ultimate uh, place of existence because we will leave time sooner or later we will leave time unless the Lord returns but we enter eternity and that unity that friendship that is perfected in heaven will be our inheritance with the Lord. But the imperative here, and Paul is really emphasizing this, is that unity of purpose, that unity of mindset, that unity of fellowship that he needs you to have. So that you can understand, so that you can experience for yourselves as men, women, as boys and girls, that fellowship that comes through the agency of the Spirit in us coming together. Now some of you are believers here and have been believers for many, many years. And we've all heard of falling out and we've all heard of disputes and arguments and schisms. But God hates that. He does not like when brothers and sisters in the Lord fall out Peter fell out with Paul it's not a new thing but the imperative that Paul is telling us here is to strive for unity and how do we do that? somebody used this analogy and I thought it was very good you know when you go to the Highland Games and you're watching a tug of war and you see these usually men you know big burly men pulling on that rope heading in one direction well you don't push in a tug of war team do you you've got to have a unity of purpose you've got to be pulling in the same direction and you've got to realise that there's a reason for that and that reason is the extension of God's kingdom because the whole raison d'etre if you like the whole objective of the church of God the role of men and women boys and girls who are united to God through faith is the extension of God's kingdom is to see this gospel message being shared and we can't do that effectively in this world unless we have that common goal in mind and that is to see more and more people in Cromarty in North Keswick in Strathpeffer in Dingwall in Inverness coming to know the Saviour whom we know and the unity of purpose within God's people must be that imperative to share the good news the way Paul needed to share it and we come together as congregations to worship God to give him the honour and the glory but also to come together to encourage one another to fulfil that great commission remember that woman at the well that woman at the well who wasn't of great reputation who knows what her situation was who knows how she ended up living that lifestyle she may have been a victim who knows but she was not regarded highly in her own community however she met Jesus 
And when I ask the children who is the most important person in this congregation today, hearing God speak, well, it's you. Just as that woman was the focus of God that day at that well, you have that same place in God's eyes as we read the word and consider what God is saying to you. Because that woman, having found Jesus, all she wanted to do was introduce others to this Saviour. And there you had somebody totally in unity and in sense of purpose and mission and ministry as Jesus himself. And when you consider what Jesus did to get to that well, he walked something like 15 hours to go to that well. Oh, don't worry about the taboos. Don't worry about the traditions. Don't worry that she was a Samaritan. Because that's not what was important to Jesus. The traditions, the philosophies of mankind. What was important to Jesus was that woman's soul, was that woman's heart. And what's important to God today is you. Your heart, your soul. That is why he died on that cross. So that you would hear this gospel message. And so that all of us would recognize how we ought to be together in this endeavor. To take that word of God and to share it. To be willing to share it. And when you look at how this passage speaks of how there are are evangelists, there are apostles, prophets, shepherds and teachers... And you might not think of yourself as an evangelist. Well, did that woman at the well think of herself as an evangelist? But you have the power of speech. And you have the influence of your care and of your compassion. What was it that Jesus showed that woman? Well, he showed her interest. And he had a regard for her. Well, we can do the same with the people that we meet in our offices, our neighbours, and sometimes hardest of all within our own families. We have the ability to share this message, this concept of unity in Christ that could be theirs. When what uh, the alternative the world gives is no real alternative at all. When we have the answer from the Creator in these words that are so alive, that are so exciting. There should be a buzz in our hearts and in our minds as we get up to consider how the Lord has called us to share this with the world. This good news. But we're gathering here together to encourage one another to consider how we, as a congregation, can be more effective in delivering this message and passing this message on to others. So that we can then really truly say this unity of purpose in this congregation. And this unity and purpose and an objective in our minds 
to have more and more people come to know this Jesus come to know this Lord and this passage tells us that if we look internal and we look at ourselves we look at ourselves and we see either Christ's and those who are Christ's and those who want to live a humble life, a gentle life, a patient life, bearing with one another. Or are we going to be callous? Are we going to be hard-hearted, selfish, following the philosophies of this world? Or are we going to be molded by the teaching of Jesus? A couple of weeks ago I heard Alistair Begg speak of something I think that Spurgeon said you know when Spurgeon was arguing the case for Christ in that metropolitan tabernacle so many years ago and it was as if Jesus is saying to everybody you'll go to hell over my dead body because to disregard Christ's sacrifice and not to accept the offer that he's giving you of eternal life. It's the equivalent of stepping over his dead body and being lost forever. In opposition and in total disregard to the gift that he's offering the world. That is life eternal. And the way that's put is very, very solemn when you consider what that means. Souls who don't know better are lost. Souls who don't know Jesus and don't understand their need of salvation need to be given this good news so that they make that decision for themselves. But our prayer is that just as that woman went into that community and with enthusiasm and excitement shared Jesus, I got this great message. I want to share it with you. Come and I'll sh introduce you to Jesus. And it's interesting how these people came back and spoke to the woman. Now we believe in the Lord Jesus. Not because of what you told us, but because what we've learned ourselves of this Saviour. And we come together to equip ourselves for the work of ministry. And we are a unit in the army of God. And a few passages on we read about the full armour of God that is given to us to prepare us to go out into the warfare that is real warfare in the 21st century we're living in. But we are equipping ourselves as saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith. And that is the principal lesson to be learned here. Unity is derived from faith. And faith in the Lord Jesus as the one and only true Saviour. The one and only Lord God Almighty who can save us from ourselves and from this world. Is what this passage is all about. So we ask ourselves that very personal of questions. Why am I here this afternoon in North Keswick? Well, it's to equip yourself 
for the week ahead to hear what the Bible is saying to you and that really means what is the Bible saying to you or you or you or you or me what is God saying to you today well he's encouraging you to unite with your brothers and with your sisters in the work of ministry so that you can all come to that unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That perfection, that is what is promised to God's people. That perfection, that is the Son of God to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And he wants you to be educated. He wants you to be knowledgeable. So you're no longer tossed to and fro by the wind of doctrine. That you are steadfast, anchored on the datum that is the rock of salvation, Jesus Christ. And his truth. You all have minds. And you can think about how this applies to you in your context. In your personal context, and I'm speaking to you individually now, what is your view of the unity of this unit within God's army? Do we need to be more united? Do we need to be more focused? Because this is spirit-driven, this is spirit-led. Are we asking the Lord to unite us in the way that will make us an effective influencing body of people? Because that is what God has asked us to be. Because in the Spirit we are united. But we apply all our gifts, all our talents, all our available assets in the delivery of the good news. That's the ideal that is spoken of in this passage. To each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now you know what you're good at. And let's not be the humble highlanders that we were taught to be. You know what you're good at. And you know what you're not so good at. Well utilize what you're good at in a way that will bring people to hear about Jesus. And as leaders, elders, deacons, and as members, men and women, maybe older in the faith, we encourage one another so that we can uphold one another. And together we can bring the good news to our communities. And why do we do it? Because we joy the Lord. We joy in the Lord. I joyed when to the house of God. Go up, they said to me. Why? Because of the sakes of my friends, of my brothers, of my sisters. So let's walk together in that spirit of unity, with that objective in mind. And as we consider that challenge... Let's close in a short word of prayer before we sing our last psalm. Our gracious God, we give you thanks for the word that encourages us to unite with one another in that common purpose to share your word with this world around us. Help us to hear what you've said to us. 
We're challenged by your words and we ask Lord that you would help us to be obedient to your instructions and that you would help us to do what we can to do as that woman at the well did how she shared Jesus with her neighbours and how they came to know Jesus so it's the spirit that brings the change the revelation and brings the revival in our hearts we recognise that you have given us the opportunity of sharing the good news with others so we ask this asking that you bless each and every one of us now in Jesus name and for his sake Amen we're going to sing now in Psalm 133 in the Scottish Psalter Behold how good a thing it is and how becoming well together such as brethren are in unity to dwell the three verses to God's praise able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Saviour through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 